Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we speak about tools and technology in a healthcare private practice. Hi, Chaz. Ready to go? Yeah, hi, Oliver. Good, thanks. Okay, um, so in today's episode, I thought um, we should be talking or should talk about uh, tools and technology um, in health, well, in a healthcare practice or for healthcare practitioners in private practice and how they could possibly think about technology or use technology. Um, I think it's quite clear that, I mean, technology is here to stay. I mean, um, there was some doubt in the early 90s, maybe, you know, whether this, this is going to happen or not. But I think we can clearly say that it's it's here. And I mean, if, you know, I worked with a consultant who always reminded me, um, and it's it's one of my, you know, one of my things that I, I never forget now. And he always reminded me that, um, you know, they sent a man to the moon with a device or technology that's less than what most of us have, um, you know, we, most of us carry around, which is the smartphone. And uh, it always kind of sobers me, you know, in terms of, of thinking uh, around technology. Um, so are you, uh, are you quite a technology person? I think the most technological I am would probably be my gaming consoles. Um, but I do definitely agree on the fact that we're in a world at the moment where technology is definitely the way forward. Um, we're moving more and more and more away from that manual process of getting things done. And anybody who uses that wonderful saying of I'm a technophobe, they are definitely starting to fall behind at the moment. There's so much that you can do just on your smartphone or your tablet, let alone we're using other forms of technology to help you get to where you need to get to. So I'm slowly converting into a more technical aspect, but for me at the moment, it's definitely just my phone and my PlayStation. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, and, and this is where I, I definitely struggled, um, you know, in the early days of working with um, healthcare practitioners and maybe even before that, even from a consulting point of view, because for me, it's like, you know, it's quite, you know, quite easy to, to change over and just try something new and, you know, definitely from a technology point of view and uh, just see if, does it work or does it not work and, and kind of make up your mind and then move on from there. But uh, over the years, I've, I've definitely realized that not everyone has that propensity to, to do that. Um, and I get that. I mean, I, I remember on my, you know, my last consulting project, um, you know, there was this whole idea of change management. And, uh, you know, coming from an IT background, for me, change management meant, um, you know, like, have you put the change into the system and how are you going to deploy that to production and, uh, you know, make that change into your production systems? And that was my idea of change management. But obviously, this was in the context. The context was the whole organizational change management, which maybe, you know, at some point in a future episode, we could probably cover. But the whole idea is how receptive are people to making a change? Because it's not as simple as just moving from a Microsoft-based laptop to a, you know, uh, to a MacBook. Um, and for most people, that that is a huge change. I mean, that's... Uh, but... Um, and what I realized is actually, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm much more comfortable with, uh, with moves like that. Um, but I do want to say as well, I mean, like once I've, once I've figured out something that works, 
I'm also very resistant to changing uh, just because uh, I mean, like with every change and, and maybe that's how we should frame this discussion as well. With every, with every change, there is that, that switching cost. There is that, you know, there's a little bit of that hurt and there's a little bit of that, you know, just nastiness about changing. And whether that is that you lose half of your documents, which hopefully is not the case, but or that you have to spend another, I don't know, two months learning on how, um, you know, learning how the email works differently on the MacBook as opposed to on the, you know, on your Microsoft-based laptop. Um, I was in a meeting yesterday um, and, you know, someone was telling me the same thing as, you know, she moved on to a MacBook and, you know, the email doesn't quite work in the same way. And um, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. Um, I never thought about it, but, you know, it's a, yeah, it was a very real thing for her that that was the case. Um, so, yeah, so I, th I think, you know, if I, if I had to talk about technology and healthcare practitioners, most of the clients that we work with are women. And um, I think from a, from a technology point of view, I think if it, you know, they, they're not completely against it, but they're definitely more on the, on the approach of let's wait, you know, we, we're not going to jump on it almost immediately. And I, and I think that's a really good, good um, perspective to have on this. And I, and I just want to say, for me, uh, and the reason I was telling you about even I'm not as, you know, I'm resistant to change as well in some ways is because of the, you know, the, 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 you know, the amount of effort that you need. So I would say when you're looking at technology, in my, in my opinion, it should be that you're looking at probably three of, you know, three factors. And one is, will it save you time? You know, will it save you money by doing this? And will it bring you value? Now, um, you know, in corporate terms, whatever we were thinking of embarking on a new project or we had to convince a client that this project was a, was a good idea, um, we used to call it a business case or, um, yeah, a business case. And, um, and that basically is, is looking at the costs, looking at the benefits and saying, does the benefits outweigh the cost? And if the benefits outweigh the cost, you know, just do it, you know, that, you know, even with the pain and the hurt, because overall, this is a good decision. Um, the simple way I, you know, used to explain it as well, um, and probably would do if someone, you know, like if we were having the conversation is, um, you know, if you went to um, Monte Casino um, and um, you played on the slot machine and every time you put 10 rands, you got 15 rands out, you just keep on putting 10 rands. Like it just doesn't make any sense for you not to do that. Um, but if you weren't sure of that, then just don't do it. You know, if you weren't sure or if that slot machine, every time you put 10 rand, it gave you five rands, then please don't do that. Like, so that's kind of in intangible terms, um, you know, like explained how the business case kind of worked. So coming back to, you know, how would you, how would you think about technology? Um, I think if I had to say, why is technology becoming more important for healthcare practitioners? Uh, as you mentioned, you know, it's kind of the world that we're living in right now. And I think based on, on, on that saying, or, or, or based on what you just said, it's that we have less time now. You know, we're almost like forced by clients that we do get that. I mean, you know, if you're not sending your clients an invoice via email, which they can then submit to their health insurance and medical aids, and it's handwritten, it's almost like that is what's expected. And if you're not doing that, you know, you are, 
I would say behind the curve and behind where the, the majority of the industry seems to be at the moment. And that would be the reasons for look, looking at technology and saying, you know, you are, you know, like if you're a healthcare practitioner in private practice, the technology is available to you. And I would argue that it's been available for many years. You know, some of the practice management software, um, you know, that, that we started looking at, you know, have been available for 20 or 30 years. Unfortunately, based on costs and based on, you know, who they were targeting uh, the software to, it was only maybe a small part of the market or, you know, and, and that's the reason that, that even we created our own is because, you know, we saw a certain gap in the market and we went into that gap and we, you know, we tried to service it in, in the best way possible. But that would be why healthcare practitioners, in my opinion, should be considering technology is because it is here to stay and there's a lot more technology available to, to, to healthcare practitioners in order to make their lives better and easier. Um, so, and, and also give a better experience. You know, we spoke about being remarkable. This would be getting a better experience for your clients by choosing a technology that kind of satisfies, you know, some of those, those areas that you've um, highlighted um, or, foc- or want to focus on, on being remarkable. If I, you know, with, with all of these discussions, I always want to go back to, you know, what have we done and you know, like, has it worked for us? And, and, and possibly also, you know, without um, disclosing too much, but with our clients, you know, more or less, how, how, is, how has it actually worked out? And can we, you know, can we put examples to, to book? So just from a, from a Kitchen team perspective, have you, I mean, like, do you have any thoughts on us using technology? So we use quite a bit of technology from a work perspective. But what that has done is it's meant that irrespective of whether somebody's sitting in the office or sitting at the airport, that if something needs to be done, you can pull out a phone, pull out a laptop, open up an app and get whatever it is done. In an environment, in a world where people don't want their personal time invaded on, the more you can get things done on the spot and on the go, the far easier it does become to just sort of start making that balance of, okay, well, work's done for the day, or I just quickly need to get to this email. You can get to the email and carry on without having to go and switch computer on and those kind of things. But I think one of the best moves we've made recently is With the whole environmental shift at the moment of a lot more practitioners and places trying to become more paperless, the concept of being able to have an online patient intake form that a patient can fill out on the web and mail back as opposed to having to print something or find a printer has definitely, I've seen it make an improvement in a few of our practitioners so far. And It was a small technological change. It took a little bit of convincing to say, you know, you don't actually need a three-page document printed at reception if you can convert this into something that can be filled in online and just mailed back to your patient. So as we move more along and we move more into this technological world, yes, sometimes it's painful to make the change, but as you say, look at the benefit. And if the benefit definitely outweighs the two hours you might need to spend learning how your new smartphone works, take the two hours because at the end of the day, it's going to save you countless hours in time, effort, and energy. Yeah. Um, 
So if I to, you know, elaborate a little bit about that, um, and I think choosing any, any bit of technology is difficult. I mean, it, it starts from, you know, what phone do you have or what laptop do you have and what programs or software applications do you put on the, you know, on the laptop or the phone to be able to do this stuff. Um, that decision has become a lot more easier, you know, like over, over the many years, um, especially with Apple, um, you know, releasing their first smartphone and kind of pushing the boundaries of what you can do. But I remember, you know, I was in a, I worked for a packaging and automation company and um, I worked in the project team or headed up the project team. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to work on a, you know, it was Microsoft project. And at that stage, yes, you could, you know, you could get Microsoft project online, but I, I didn't want to, well, it was quite expensive if I remember or quite a, quite a, they didn't have it anyway. So if I had to get it, it was, um, you know, we had to, you know, we have to put some effort to do doing that. And I was looking for something that's online based. But as you said, you know, I'm sitting at the airport going down to Cape Town for a meeting. I want to be able to be as productive as if I was on the local network, you know, at the office. And uh, when I looked around, I mean, that was my requirement. And when, and with every single, you know, bit of technology that we use as a team now, it has to satisfy those requirements for me. For, you know, it has to be, has to be online based which means normally that then it's accessible wherever. Um, obviously, with online base, you have to worry about the security part. But, you know, if you if you have the security part covered with two-factor authentication or something, you know, very similar, then that's normally fine. And then the other thing was it has to work on multiple devices. So that means, and, and this is probably the biggest change as well um, that I found over the years, is I don't want it just to work on my laptop. I mean... We had a client recently where, you know, we, we brought her on from, and, and this is your story, Shaz, I'm just saying it, but, um, you know, we brought her on um, from a, you know, like from, a, from using another practice management software and that practice management software only worked on her laptop. And, you know, you couldn't get it to work on any other laptop unless you phoned into the support team and you, you know, like got it authorized and stuff like that. And I think in my opinion, you know, we way past that, you know, I'm not saying you have to be relaxed about security, but I am saying is you have to be at a stage where when you're choosing that technology, it has to work on multiple devices. So all of the technology that we use, you know, it has to work on my laptop, it has to work on the iPad, and it, it definitely has to work on the smartphone. You know, it might be that we, you know, some of the features are reduced on the smartphone, which, you know, for obvious reasons would, would make sense, but it can't be that doesn't work on the smartphone. I think that that's the key part. Um, and yeah, it must be quick. It must be all of those kind of things um, in terms of, of technology. And it kind of goes with how we work with clients as well is everything that we release, you know, if it, it, have, if it hasn't satisfied that requirement for me on how we even choose technology, it's not shipping out of the door. It's not, it's not going to happen. And if we can't take phone calls for a client in a remote capacity, you know, with a team in India and in the UK or sitting in Durban, um, then it's not going to happen. It's not, you know, it's not something that we would even consider offering to our clients. So if I had to give the same uh, recommendation to clients is when, they, when they're looking at the technology, when they're choosing it, it's just to be a lot more intentional about that and, and, and looking at it from that perspective, that, that's how we choose it. And if you want to use a similar philosophy, that I mean, by 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 all means, you know, use it. 
And it's, it's a philosophy that I would definitely recommend. And, and if you're not getting that from whatever bit of technology you're using, um, I would relook at it. And I would, I would look at it from the perspective that there's, you know, in the world that we're living in, there's multiple solutions to any given problem. And I would look at it from that perspective of, can you find something else that would give you a better option? If we go from there, um, shares to, you know, like basically now healthcare practitioners hopefully should know how they should choose the technology. Is there anything that you would recommend from the, almost like the critical or the key technologies that every healthcare practitioner needs to consider for their private practice? So for me, a few of the key technologies is obviously you do need a billing software. Irrespective of which software you choose, you need something to be able to process those invoices, get them out to your clients as soon as possible. Um, The one that's coming up more and more and more regularly is as the millennial generation, and I know we don't like to be classed as that, but the millennial generation is a very technological generation. So they want information available on their smartphone, on their tablet. So the easier you make it to get that invoice to a patient, the better it is, and then far more likely you are to get paid. So other technologies you could use is make it easy for your patient to pay you. Have a credit card machine or have a Yoko app or a SnapScan. The more, the easier it is for somebody to pay you, the more likely you are to run, out, run into a situation where you don't have much bad debts. Um, a telephone. It sounds simple. It sounds like everybody should know that you need to be able to answer a phone. But where a lot of practitioners fall into the trap is they give out their personal cell phone number. And then you wind up with patients messaging and WhatsApping and phoning you at all hours of the day. But using a technology that can take those voice messages or send out an automated text response outside of business hours, firstly, gives you peace of mind, but secondly, gives the patient something that's come back to them to say, okay, no problem. It's outside of business hours. I'll get back to you in the morning, which leaves that feeling of, okay, my mess, my query has been attended to. Um, you need a computer or, and at least a smartphone that can access the internet. There are still practitioners that, as Oliver said, do handwritten invoices and handwritten receipts. These cause problems when you try and submit it to medical aid because the medical aid can't read the handwriting. So if you've got the technology to generate a computer-generated invoice that can be clearly read by the medical aid, you have less medical aid claims being rejected, which means you have less friction with members because they're not being reimbursed or friction with funds because you're not being reimbursed. So the basics, make sure you've got a good phone, make sure you've got a decent computer or laptop and a billing software. And from there, you've got the groundwork and then build it up. But you need to be able to, if you're on the go and you need to quickly send off a claim, you need to be able to do that wherever you are instead of having to first get home, switch the computer back on, then sit down and work. Because the moment you start doing that, you wind up working all night or until all hours of the day and you don't actually switch off. So technology helps you to have that downtime, but you've got to have the correct information and the correct tools to do it. 
Yeah, I, you didn't mention another one which I would uh, also put into that list, which is um, email. Like, so choose the, you know, like choose the email that you that you want to go with. And again, you know, if I go with uh, what you were saying, is you know most healthcare practitioners get this wrong in terms of using maybe their personal email. And I would definitely recommend you know going with almost a business type. Uh, email, you know, for your private practice and something that's separate to your personal email, you know, where you emailing your friends and your family. Um, and with this as well, it's up to preference. Um, that would just be my recommendation. And, um, you know, I've, uh, on a personal level, I, you know, I've had multiple emails and I eventually just consolidated to one just because it got, you know, crazy to manage. So I'm not saying go overboard with this, but, you know, determine whether you want that. And, and if I look at email itself, you know, don't just go with any email, you know, go with an email that's from a trusted provider. Um, you know, the ones that's kind of spring to mind is, is, is obviously the Gmail, you know, Microsoft with their Office 365. You know, we've got an offering, you know, which is with our, on our infrastructure where it's a, you know, it's, on a, it's a secure authenticated mailbox, but it's tied to your, your actual domain or your website. And, you know, that works really well. It still can work on your phone and, and all of those things. So just be, um, yeah, just be aware of it and just know that you need to sort it out. The other thing, and, and especially with this year and especially where, where we are right now, is um, having a website and having that basic infrastructure around that. You know, so people can find you. You know, if they go and search for you know, Oliver Nagia on Google, hopefully it comes up with your private practice, where you are and stuff like that. Um, and then closely coupled with email in a way, because, I mean, as a company, we use Gmail uh, or Google Mail. Um, and so lots of our documents, you know, we, we, we're using the, Google's, you know, the, the Google suite, of Word, which is their online documents and the online you know, spreadsheets and, and, and presentations. But, but you can also have that you know, on the Microsoft stack. So just, just figure out how you're going to do your document management and your um, your presentation, well, you know, like I suppose most of our clients don't really do presentations per se, but just that part of it, you know, how would you do documents and, and stuff like that? And I think the go-to with that would be, you know, like Microsoft Word or Microsoft PowerPoint or Microsoft Excel, but, but think about it. Um, and then again, closely tied with email would be, how do you back up your documents? And this, um, Again, speaking to someone, I think last week, and you know, she was moving from the one laptop to the other, and you know, she didn't know how to move her documents. And I would definitely recommend having a backup type solution in place. And uh, if you're using one of the online providers, you know, like uh, Google has their Google Drive, uh, Microsoft has their, I can't remember what the name is now, but, but OneDrive, I think it is. Uh, and there's multiple, I mean, like this Dropbox, so, so just basically figure out for your critical documents, how do you put that, you know, in some type of online-based or some type of backup storage um, facility? Um, you can back it up of your, you know, of your main computer, but then just make sure that that backup works and you can access it and, you know, and definitely don't put the backup drive with your laptop in your bag in the car because if it gets stolen, then, you know, the laptop and the backup drive goes with it. So definitely have the backup drive separately, you know, in a, in a separate part of your house or, or something like that, you know, so that you can recover when you get the next laptop. Um, so that's kind of a common mistake as well. Most people make uh, over and above not backing up. 
But for me, it's quite simple. You know, like there's a drive on my computer that that I know is being, you know, synced to an online cloud storage, and I always put the documents in that drive or that folder. And if that happens, and it, you know, I don't have to, I don't even have to have to think about it because it would just get backed up. Um, because we use uh, Google, um, the Google Suite as well, is that I know all of the, you know, the core company documents are either in our uh, communication and collaboration software, which is online and backed up, or it's on the Google Drive, which is online and backed up as well. So it makes it very easy, you know, for me to switch from the one laptop to the other because it's just logging in, connecting to each one of the services, and then you know you're good to go. So that's kind of what I would recommend as well: is you know definitely have those aspects in place as well. Am I um, am I missing anything, Jess? I think the only other one would be is to be able to have some form of video conferencing technology. Um, again, as we've gone through 2020 has shown us, you need to be able to have technology where you could do online consultations or online meetings if you needed to, and you need to be able to research that they are safe and secure, especially in a healthcare environment, because you have to make sure that your documents and conversations are secure and encrypted. So take a little bit of time and look into, if you are gonna be doing online, what kind of video conferencing software you are using, because that does impact you in what's important. I agree wholeheartedly with the backing stuff up, use a cloud drive where you can, you don't really want to be sitting with hard copy backup because if something goes wrong, you've lost it. You know, the simple story of your external and your laptop go missing at the same time. So be aware. And again, any technology that you are using, see that it is compatible with both your smartphone and your PC so that you have it on the go. Yeah. Um, I actually thought of like, um, just, just I thought of one more, um, but um, just to finish, you know, like just to go on your thought, uh, frame of uh, reference as well, is uh, with the, you know, with the video conferencing software, I mean, I think with this year, in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic, I mean, almost everyone would have figured this out by now, but uh, we use Zoom. I mean, even this recording is done on Zoom. I just like the quality um, and we've been using it for years. Again, the same principle, you know, you know it works as amazing on my phone as it does on, um, you know, on the laptop or the iPad. So I, I like that aspect, but I know the, I mean, like, you know, from a corporate point of view and, you know, from a, from a really good alternative, Microsoft Teams have done really good work and it kind of came, you know, because Microsoft bought Skype many, many years ago and, you know, Skype was always amazing. And they've incorporated, to my knowledge, they've incorporated that level of technology or that technology into their Microsoft Teams app. And that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I'm not sure on pricing and stuff like that, but, you know, like I think everyone can do their own research on that. And then, you know, the, the outlier, well, not outliers, I mean, it's fairly common actually, is, um, you know, the, the Facebook offering. So, um, you know, which is WhatsApp and yeah, so you can do audio or video from there. And then, um, you know, if you're on the Apple platform, and unfortunately, though, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, they are, you know, everyone has to have the Apple phones, but, um, you know, there's FaceTime and there's, you know, there's um, this calling from, you know, from, uh, from that type of app. 
And then the last one is a team that we use, um, just because there's so much of noise on WhatsApp that you know I, I just don't. Um, oh, by noise, I mean there's so many groups and there's always so much of notifications. As a team, we use Signal, um, which if anyone wants to research that, it's quite a secure um, app that you can use for you know phoning, instant messaging like WhatsApp, and also video conferencing. Um, it's not as user-friendly as Zoom, but from a technology and a security point of view, you know, it's, it's, it's up there in terms of use um, or, or you know, like as a technology to choose. So I would definitely recommend looking at that based on personal experience. Um, and coming back to the one that I thought of that we probably that we missed was uh, a password management tool. Now, that one is important as well because, you know, I, I'm yet to find an example of someone that does this extremely well. And this invariably, and, you know, the reason I say a password management tool is that you want to have all of your passwords in one place. And because I think with any given person, I mean, you have at least five passwords that you need to remember, you know, your email, you know, you have to remember your banking stuff, you have to remember, you know, your, um, your hosting accounts, all of those kind of things. And, and there's, you need some way that you can securely store that. And then more importantly, and that's, that's not a document that's not even locked that's on your computer because I mean, you can, you can understand the ramifications of that if that laptop is in the wrong hands. But um, what those, you know, lots of the good password management tools uh, gives you is it gives you the ability to almost generate a password. That's not something that's simple to remember. It's some obscure password. And, you know, you can, you can actually store it in the password management, um, you know, app and then just log in. Some of them even automatically log in for you. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. We use 1Password, but we've got our own offering coming up soon as well. And yeah, so I think, and yeah, so look at the password management tool and definitely, um, you know, get to the level where you're having your passwords, not just in your head. Um, if you can have it just in your head, I mean, that's that's cool too. But I mean, I can never remember all of the passwords that we use. And invariably what you do is you you start reusing passwords, which is the recommendation is not to do that. So don't use your, the same password on your email as you do on your online banking profiles, because, you know, if someone has access to the one, then they do have access to everything. Um, I think we can probably uh, go to uh, just closing out, closing it up. Is there anything else on this topic of technology and healthcare practitioners and private practice uh, shares that we probably missed or we just need to think about? Um, I think we seem to have covered most of the, the fundamentals. Um, the biggest thing that I think the takeaway would be is take the time, look at what work, would work best for your practice. Um, don't just download the first thing you find on the Play Store or the Apple Store or your Microsoft Store. Look into it, see what the reviews are and make sure that you're making an informed decision on whatever technology you are going to use. If you need to buy hardware, again, look into it and make sure that you're buying decent hardware that's not going to break down on you on a regular basis. So look at what your practice needs are and from there start building up how your technological needs will fit into your practice as it grows. Okay, perfect. Um, I just have the last two points and then I think we can close up. Um, and the first point is 
that you don't need technology. <laughs> you, you know, like, although we've, we've said all about why the good idea to do it, I do want to say as well is don't be forced or pressured that you have to go down that route. And, you know, we used to use this lots in, you know, from a consulting point of view, you know, from, from saying, you know, there is this benefit and here's the business case to prove it. And what I've also learned is that you do need to choose, you know, and, uh, and the reason I say that is you can spend a huge amount of money because the benefits clearly articulate that um, and show you that you do need to spend in, on this. But depending on what you want to get done, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have to, you know, go down that route. And the best example I have on this, and, and the reason I say that, it also depends on what you're doing. So if you're not doing a certain function, like, like if you're doing invoicing, if you have another solution of how quickly you can do that, you know, other than using a practice management software, then try that and see if it works for you. But I had, um, again, I think it was... The, it was definitely the printing and, um, and packaging and automation company. And uh, we went to meet with a provider in Johannesburg where they did, they, they, they basically, all of the banks outsourced the work to them. And, you know, they, they had these machines that would automatically fold letters and put it into an envelope and, you know, like put the address on it and, you know, it's like done. And I always thought, I always wondered how people did that. And then I saw these machines that did it. And um, it was a family owned business. And, you know, the, the, the dad and the two sons basically ran the business. And um, the dad, apparently, he ran the whole business by virtue of a, a, a notepad that he kept always on him and a pen. And, you know, I mean, I would cringe at that because, you know, in, you know, in recent years, I mean, I spent a lot of time looking at, um, you know, powerful dashboards that every company needs to have and, and data and analytics and you know, how do you run your business? And he didn't have any of that. And, you know, the business was around for more than 20 or 30 years. So uh, all that I'm saying with that is, you know, you do need to, you know, pick which technology you want to go with, but don't be forced to think, always think, okay, because it's technology, I do need to be there. Um, I think always look at it on an individual basis and figure out, you know, yourself and, and how you want to do this and, and where you, you know, what you want to achieve and then kind of make the decision based on that. And then the last point I would just say is as a company and as a, as a team, we're constantly looking at, at products where we know we're using it and where we would want, you know, our clients to almost be at the stage where they're using it. And, and those, those are how we come up with the products. Um, so I spoke about the, pass, the, the password management tool, and I know that it's a, it's a key part. I mean, it's a, you know, not everyone speaks about this, but it's a, if you look at it, you know, that is, I mean, you could lose everything if you get that strategy wrong. And so for us as a team, it's definitely on the roadmap that we, that we have a product that addresses that, at least for the clients that we, we're in. You know, we'll never be... At a, you know, at a stage where we're competing with like a really big password management company that's been around for 30 years. But for our clients and understanding how they work with their, their passwords and understanding what value we can offer, we definitely have, you know, we'll definitely bring out offerings based on that. So that's something, you know, that, that if you're listening to this or you're watching this, you know, just keep up to date in terms of what is, what is a product stack for us look like and see if that's something that, that, you would, um, that you would look at. And I would say, you know, even 
as a recommendation, whenever you're thinking of choosing a technology is maybe look at, at what we have and what we would recommend. And I want to be as transparent as we, we can, especially with, with this type of content, so that you have the best decision. And by no means by me saying that, you know, am I saying you need to choose our solution, but at least it should spur on some ideas and, and um, you know, at least the philosophy of, of how we've come up with it or, or why we've chosen that you know, should resonate in some way. And if it doesn't, you know, find someone else or find other content that kind of resonates with you uh, in terms of how you should choose that technology that's going to make a difference for your private practice and your life. And that's all, it, all, um, that's all from, from my side. Um, Shaz, we closing up. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, that's everything from my side. I think we've had a good conversation. Awesome. Amazing. Um, so, I think let's leave it there and um, want to thank everyone again for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Definitely. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode.